Welcome to the front porch with Brian Beaudry. Thank you, thank you for joining me today. Okay, let's let's start off with my basic intro questions. Who are you? Where are you from? And what is your favorite sandwich, and why? That is a loaded question. Um, my name is Bridget Otten. I am the director of meetings and events with the American Rental Association. I am based out of our headquarters here in Moline, Illinois, but I actually live in Rock Island, Illinois, um, better known as the Quad Cities. And I was going to say, are those close? I, I'm not familiar with my Illinois geography. Yes. So the Quad Cities is actually, we, um, the Mississippi River um, is our border between Iowa and Illinois. We have two very large bridges that connect um, the Quad Cities. And it is a combination of four cities, technically, since it's the Quad Cities that make up the Quad Cities. However, we have so many different like outlying cities as well that I think, honestly, it's probably closer to like six to eight actual cities that call themselves the Quad Cities. Yeah, once once you get into the higher ones, it becomes a weird little thing to add to the beginning. It for sure does, yes. The Sept Cities? No, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> How many sides does that have? Yes. Yeah. Um, and my favorite sandwich, I'm going to probably sound really country here and say, I'm a peanut butter and jelly kind of girl. Yep. Okay, so I mean, jelly, not jam. No, I mean, it's jelly and it's usually strawberry. Okay. Um, I'm not going to ask you to cut the crust off by any means. I'm not that high maintenance, but okay. I just want to be good peanut butter and jelly. Are you, a, are you a diagonal slices person or a slice up the middle person? Or oh, do you just I'm eat the diagonal. whole thing? I'm diagonal. I am a little bougie. I do like a diagonal cut. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel a little fancier. It's like, oh, this is a higher <laughs> class sandwich. Fancier, yes. Okay, let's get into the uh, the other questions. So when you were a kid, 8 to 10 years old, let's say, uh, what were you thinking you were going to be when you grew up? 8 to 10. I, you know, I can't honestly even remember like 8 to 10 what I was doing except for maybe... Look, whatever you can first remember. It doesn't really matter right. the age. Um, I, You know, I always, when I was young, I, I just always assumed I would do something big city, right? I'm going to move to New York or California. Um, and I always wanted to work in PR. I just wanted to work in a really tall building, you know, lots of people. So that was kind of where I was headed, or so I thought. And at what point does your goal go from being a PR place in this, in, in a giant building, you have apparently that requirement to, <laughs> to what you're doing, well, to, to really events, the events world overall? You know, I don't think that it's necessarily something that is um, two different things, right? I mean, yes, I'm not necessarily doing public relations or um, marketing per se, but, you know, I think the overall um, aspect of events is very um person-centric and, you know, getting to work with, you know, different groups of people to collaborate on projects is ultimately what I really, it's kind of my wheelhouse. So I don't necessarily look at them as different. Um, I mean, yes, different in title for sure, but it's all very like people-centric. Yeah, I was going to say in fairness, yeah, that's, it's like a standard question I go to. Yours was a lot more adjacent to what you eventually ended up doing than than a lot of people so it was for sure i didn't necessarily move far away by any means like mm -hmm. you know didn't move far at all but um yeah i mean i think i ultimately am doing you know what i envisioned i would be doing when i was young awesome so what's like the farthest away that you got um so it's i would say it's sad but it's really not i do like i am very um small town girl right so i actually um went to high school in the Quad Cities. I went to college in the Quad Cities. I literally went to Augustana College, which is um, two blocks from my parents' house where I grew up. Um, and then I honestly never moved away. I've always just lived in the Quad Cities. I was gonna say two blocks away, that your college was closer than like my high school was to me. Well, my college was closer than my high school too. They actually were, less than a block apart from each other too. Wow. Yes. That's that's very convenient sounding. Good college. The kids came from like the suburbs of Chicago to go there. So <laughs> I just had to go two blocks away from home. Yeah, you, you kind of have like, I would say like the equivalent of home field advantage there. It's like, yeah, I mean, I know this, I know this place really well. I know all the places to go and that kind of stuff. 
except for there's not really any places to go, so we didn't really use well, them. <laughs> I know all three of them that we can go. Yes. I have I have a head start on you for the first week of classes. For sure. Yep. <laughs> okay, and then you went on to you started your your career according to your LinkedIn at mm -hmm. Ducky's Formalware. So I mean, I have a lot of questions. What, why is the name of it Duckies? <laughs> you know what? That was always the question that um, people asked. And honestly, the answer you would think would be so much more interesting, and it's just not. The owner's father started the business, and they called him Ducky. So, um, you know, you think you're going to get so much more out of that question, and you just don't. But I um, was able to, when I was in college, um, start working for um, Ducky's Formal Wear doing, I mean, it's basically sales, right? Um, I learned how to, you know, fit people for tuxedos. Um, and that's where I basically started kind of, I would say, my event journey. Um, I eventually started planning a trade show with the owner. So we put on a um, bridal show for many, many years. Um, we would do, um, um, cooking shows and things of that nature to pull in some of the caterers and whatnot. So that's kind of where I started. Um, my you say cooking show, I'm picturing people like wearing tuxedos what? while they're cooking. It, did that ever happen or is it completely different? No, they didn't necessarily wear tuxedos while they were cooking, but we did have the people serving food, obviously. That's where we were able to pull that in. Um, but that, that was more an more extension. Sense. Yeah, that was more like an experiential extension of the trade shows that we were able to kind of a spinoff on. Um, so yeah, I um, spent eight years there. Um, and that was my first um, insight into the association world too. The International Formal Wear Association um, trade show was held in Las Vegas in August every year. It was incredibly hot and humid. Um, but that was definitely my first insight into association. See, now I, I need to know about their association and what their trade shows are like. Do you dress up fancy or is it normal like polos and, and khakis style when you're at the booth at one of these trade shows? Or do you have to actually dress up for that as well? Yeah, I mean, they definitely like to um, dress up for sure. Everything was black tie. Um, and obviously, you know, at the trade shows, you are just like at our trade show, you are seeing what's um, you know, new and trending and whatever else. So, I mean, it was always super interesting to see what some people considered um, fashionable and what other people did not. So, so professionally put there. I like it. <laughs> you can tell that you've had to work with a lot of people and put things uh, very nicely. <laughs> it's just all in the um, delivery. That's fair. Okay, so you, you start this uh, in, in formal wear and you move on to the hotels and resorts world. And it seems like you had a couple of different places there. What what made you want to work in hotels and resorts? I did. So I actually, um, you know, it's, it was an easy transition from, you know, what I was doing at um, Duckies to then transition to hospitality. Um, you know, hospi hospitality is a big, um, you know, proponent of customer service and, you know, very forward facing. Um, so I started, um, it was with the John Q. Hammonds Hotel um, in Davenport, Iowa, which is not far. It's just over the bridge. So again, I'm not moving very far. Um, so it's one of the other Quad Cities? It is one of the Quad Cities. Yes. Right, yes. One of the original four. Um, so I started there and I was there again for eight years. Um, and I think, you know, the transition, like I said, is always, you know, seamless between, you know, customer service and hospitality. Um, but I learned so much just in hospitality land in general. Um, you wear so many hats, right? I mean, definitely, at, even in the sales office, you know, obviously sales is my number one, like, priority, my individual sales goal is my priority. Um, and then obviously our group sales goal rolls up into that too. But um, in order to meet those goals, I mean, the majority of my um, 
clientele was based on referrals. So if I had a bride that wanted to check in early, but housekeeping is short staffed, you can be certain I was going back and grabbing some linens and heading up the elevator. So um, I think you just, you know, you learn to be um, flexible and um, I, I would say my skill set was definitely challenged for sure. Um, but if I came out of it and I can, you know, properly set a table and pour wine and make a mean bed, I'm going to consider it a win. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like having experience on both of those sides really it has to help you in, in your role now, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think, you know, that's where I, um, hospitality is definitely where I learned to foster relationships. Um, and I feel like that's probably, you know, one of my um, biggest strengths is learning how to foster those relationships so that, you know, in the end, everyone is considered a winner, you know, and everyone feels like they won, regardless of what everyone else feels. It is a strength. I feel like everyone that I've talked to that has met you, they're like, I mentioned that I'm going to talk to you or whatever before this podcast. They're like, oh, Bridget, I love Bridget. I say, oh, <laughs> All right, good. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. I mean, you definitely just, you know, it's it's knowing that people are, um, you know, in innately, you know, just want to feel like their feelings and concerns are heard. And I just, I hope that all members feel like I'm listening when they're talking. So how did you end up at the area? You're, you're working in these resorts and then suddenly you're in the, the American Rail Association. I did. So, you know, the Quad Cities is very um, small, even though there are technically four, six, eight, whatever the number is that day. Um, the Quad Cities is, is very small. I come from a very large family um, and um, a, an acquaintance that worked at the association at that time um, I knew through somebody of somebody and she had reached out to me when their um, their meeting planner was leaving and she just said, hey, if you're interested, and she sent me the link. Um, so I'm never one to pass up on an opportunity if it's something that looks like it could be interesting, right? Again, I had been at the association for, or at the, um, the hotel for eight years and um, eight years of, I had this social market, I had the Smurf market. So it's social, military, educational, religious, and fraternal. So you can imagine some of my weekends were extensive and long. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, we can always just try it out kind of thing. Um, and I had a couple of um, interviews. My last interview was with my current leader now. And honestly, she was so warm and welcoming. I was like, I would really like to work for her. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, this went from like being exploratory kind of thing to like, this really feels like a culture and um, place where I feel like I would really thrive. So I was lucky enough that they extended me an offer. Um, and I started um, almost directly after Tony was hired. So it was really nice to kind of see the transition that Tony put in place to just, you know, where he saw ways that we could improve and, um, you know, streamline some things. So it's really been, it's really been a great experience to be a part of all of it. Awesome. So Hmm. First of all, I want to comment on clearly you get you get this position because of your networking, because of your uh, great relationship building, and that seems. <laughs> I love that you're tying a bow on good. this, one, Brian. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I had the bow earlier, and then like I don't know, my my mind just disappeared for a second there. But um, okay, now let's talk about you. You were an event sales manager for the Smurfs, I guess. We'll we'll phrase it that way for anyone who missed it earlier to be mm -hmm. confused, and. That's then you right. became a meeting and events manager. So what what's the difference between these things? You know, the keyword there is just sales. Like, I, I definitely had, um, you know, KPIs put in place and, you know, individual like sales goals on top of just a revenue goal that I was clearly always top of mind. Um, what's really nice about um, my role when I transitioned to the association um, was that as a an association being a member-driven organization, um, I get to fo focus more on like member experience than I do the sales aspect. We have a membership team that is definitely, you know, very in line with like wanting to grow the membership and whatnot. I just get to focus on, you know, building the experiences for the members that we have. Awesome. That, that always sounds like the fun part to me. I, I don't like the 
the pursuing of please please give us money and all that type Google of stuff. calls and prospecting for sure right yeah <laughs> so what does a typical day look like for you as the meetings and events manager um so a typical day wow i know um, i'm sure there is no typical day that's why yeah, it's an impossible I, question but you it have is to an impossible anyway. question there isn't i mean i'm, I'm going to give you an answer because you asked the question but it's yeah it's tricky um you know what with um you know the hybrid um approach to work that we have right now um i would say i focus when i'm in the office i uh, my sole focus is making sure that i can you know collaborate with the people that are in the office at that time in terms of like um you know meetings and collaboration that needs to happen in person um and then obviously um we all live on teams and zoom and you know google now so you know that's definitely still a huge component um but when i'm at home i definitely get more time to focus and you know do logistics and things of that nature too but yeah, it seems like a wise way to organize it and every day is different right yeah i mean that's that's why you got to get into the the events the even marketing and all that kind of mm -hmm. kind of stuff you get to do yeah, I do Weird still stuff. play Uber driver as well. Um, I have two boys, one who does not have his license yet, so I do still play Uber driver occasionally too. But I'm oh, not getting, not seeing the tips that I would like. So yeah, that's that is the problem. <laughs> I was going to see about get, how you can get your rating up, but I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so I mostly know you from the YP conference that you hosted in January in San Antonio. Um, meetings and events manager, are you over like all of the meetings? What what does that encompass? How many how many of these meetings are you doing? Yeah, so um, my role, I actually um, so I work closely with the events team, and we actually handle um, all of the national events. So um, outside of the trade show, which is you know constantly a work in progress. Um, you know, whether we're working on, you know, just the current year's trade show or future year, um, trade show is a huge component of my daily job. Um, I also handle um, the leadership conference that we put on in November for some of our um, state board leaders and then um, YP women in rental conferences as well. We actually have two more this year, thanks to our committee's approach to, you know, that request. So um, there's usually anywhere from two to four of those a year. And then um, I also handle National Legislative Caucus, all of our committee meetings and um, all of our board meetings and support for um, the YP program. Okay, so that is a lot of different things of varying sizes in many different locations i'm sure that you're you're working on so i just want to play a little game of like which do you prefer um based on different aspects of it so which do you prefer the ara show or the other conferences when you're organizing the event oh see these are tricky um organizing the event i almost kind of want to say the smaller conferences only because um you know, with, with a, a smaller group, it's a little bit more intimate. It gives me an opportunity to kind of, you know, try new things, pilot new experiences for them, um, just because I can roll it out to a smaller group and get their feedback before, you know, transitioning something to a larger event. Um, so I'd probably go smaller conferences there. It also gives me, you know, the opportunity to, you know, be a little more creative too. So what you're saying is we're beta testing ideas for you at these at these smaller conferences Listen, i didn't want to call you a guinea pig on your podcast but sometimes <laughs> i've been called worse it's okay um so which do you prefer ara show or other conferences when you're at the event um you know what honestly i think in this one probably it's both for me um the again member experience is just huge for me so i love getting the member feedback anywhere i can so it's definitely both for sure there any chance I get in front of the members to kind of hear from them what they want more of what they want to see less of um, and just that they are having a good time that the networking is fruitful is always key. Awesome. All right. Now, after the event, which one's better? Mm. Uh, you know, I consider myself a very type A person. So 
Um, I would love to say that like after the trade show, I mean, do I definitely have a couple days where I go home, shut down my computer um, for sure. But I definitely, I can never consider an event done until I've, you know, like we've wrapped up the numbers, reconciled the budget, um, you know, pulled in survey evaluations and put a pretty bow on it for leadership. Um, so honestly, I don't really consider any of the events done until that's complete. Um, that's obviously easier with smaller events, but I'm also kind of a data geek. I love to see the information that comes in from the trade show to see how we can improve on it for future. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you're the kind of person who just gets done and you're like, I'm going to go <laughs> relax and, and uh, chill out for a little while. Or if you're the type of person that's like, oh, I could have done this. I have so many more ideas. There's so much more stuff to do. Like, do you actually like enjoy it once once it's over for any period of time, or are you just like on to the next one? Uh, you know, I um, it's probably a fault of my own, but I'm always looking to improve some of those things. So it's kind of like, you know, throughout the entire trade show, like when I get back to my hotel room at night, I will, you know, like make notes of things I want to try for future, what worked well, what didn't. Um, so sometimes I'm like, you know what, you should probably just shut your brain down a little bit, but I just, I am, I'm a little bit of a geek in that sense for sure. It's okay. I'm sure that's helpful and I'm sure that it it's much better for the next year, but right. as, as long right. as you don't burn yourself out, we don't want you to do that. Uh, literally not going to be a problem. Okay, good. All right. Are you ever like a liaison for ARA members who are considering throwing their own events? I get these ARA regional event emails and I see there's a lot of things going on. Um, and I know a good part of the ARA membership knows all about events, but maybe they want some assistance. Yeah, well, that's, that's a catch-22, right? Um, I definitely have, um, you know, personally and professionally, people ask for, you know, tips and tricks or guidance in planning an event, um, where there's always kind of, you know, certain tips and tricks that you can give people. Um, oftentimes, for me, like I said, it's more about fostering a relationship so that everyone feels like a winner in the end. Um, so it's kind of more of a personality trait thing, in my opinion. Um, but we also at the association have an entire department dedicated to helping kind of um, the state boards with, you know, their board meetings or, um, you know, their some of their education or their registrations, things of that nature. So we actually have chapter leadership relations um, and they actually support our state boards with some of that stuff. And um, I solely focus basically on the national level events. Cool. All right. Well, I learned something new about the area today. Good. <laughs> we will consider this a win. There we go. At least I learned a thing. For um, sure. What's the ARA event, or at least part of an event, that you're proudest of having pulled off? Yeah, you know, I think people would expect me to say Las Vegas during a pandemic here. Um, but honestly, for me, I will tell you, it was probably our trade show in Anaheim in 2019. Um, there were definitely some unique challenges there. It was a brand new destination. Um, it is the furthest west that we have been. Um, and you not can't only go much further west than that, <laughs> right? It would yeah. be a problem. Yeah. So, um, you know, just being able to navigate, you know, the new building, you know, what's in the area, what are our members going to like this far west kind of thing. Um, I really was fulfilled after we did Anaheim. Um, their building was not only, you know, new to us, but the convention center was new to um, Anaheim itself and a lot of our partners. So um, it was a huge collaborative approach for not only the events team, but all of our partners involved. And um, I honestly, you know, regardless of, you know, size and whatever, I, I was really, really happy after Anaheim. Okay, now this one's not on the list of questions, uh, but I need to know. Purple. With, yeah, when you're when you're setting up these things like the ARA show, what parts are you like working on? I mean, there's so many different parts. There's you have to work with the the vendors, you have to work with attendees, you have um, the the venue, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I um, I actually handle. Um, well, specifically for the trade show, you know, we are, you know, that is um, a, a target for us because we have more or less 
certain convention centers that we will fit in, right? You know, good problem to have. We have a lot of exhibitors that want to showcase their equipment to our members. So there are only a few locations that we will actually um, fit in terms of convention centers. So those locations are pretty much contracted out for a very long time in the future. Um, but otherwise, I, you know, for some of the smaller conferences and whatnot, I do, um, you know, site selections and um, I handle all the contract negotiations, all of um, our third party um, vendors and whatnot. So that's going to be like the Freemans and, um, you know, center plate, food and beverage, registration, things of that nature. There's a lot of components that goes into obviously the trade show specifically. Um, we have a fantastic events team at ARA. I'm actually very, very lucky to be a part of, um, and we all work super collaboratively together. And um, I wouldn't say any one of us has like one job that like somebody else wouldn't jump in and help us with either. So there are lots of components of it. I would say, um, you know, people probably forward facing, you know, correlate me with um, like food and beverage and the events and the entertainment. Um, but there are, you know, obviously a lot of components that go to putting on a trade show of our size. Does anyone get assigned to like a specific, uh, sub thing, like, uh, an evening event or, I mean, I know you, you have all these little groups meeting like the, the time before. Um, well, you mean in terms of like execution? Is there someone who's like it, someone who's responsible for, say, the YP event before the thing, um, the legislative group meeting that's during the thing, or is it just all like group efforts? Yeah, so we do necessarily. I mean, we have stakeholders within the association, like John McClelland and his team. Um, they will run the the orientation that they have for caucus at the trade show. Um, but in terms of the actual events that we put on, it is the events team. Um, so I'm, it's not announced yet, but I'm super excited about the YP reception location for the show. Um, our group will definitely really lean into the venue that we've chosen for that and the extended time frame that we're going to offer as well. Okay. Now I'm disappointed that I don't get to break this sur surprising news, but okay. <laughs> Wait, when, when are you announcing it? Is it going to be before like two weeks from now? Because if it's before then, this isn't going out until mid-August. Oh, mid-August, huh? Um, so mid-August, we definitely, you know what, I, 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 my marketing director would probably shoot me, so I should probably not, because I don't know that date off my top of my head. Um, but this month, we are rolling out um, all of the event locations. So our Tuesday night event, um, the YP reception, um, the AirPack reception, all of that stuff will be rolled out this month here, too. Okay, I'll I'll let you live and survive. Thanks. Uh, we don't want we don't want to cause any deaths here at the front porch. Right. There's um, some strategy behind the marketing that I don't pretend to understand. I just roll with it and I just follow what he tells me. Okay, probably probably a wise decision. That's what I like to do when I have no idea what's going on. Um, what is the closest that you've come to just plain not being able to do an event because whatever just wasn't working out? Yeah. I mean, can we say pandemic without rolling our eyes anymore? Um, you know, Las Vegas was, uh, I mean, we definitely held Las Vegas, right? Were we worried we wouldn't be able to hold Las Vegas? No, not in the slightest. But, um, you know, transitioning an entire trade show that takes more than just one year in the making um, to an entirely new city, um, you know, for the most part, all new partners, with the exception of Freeman, we are very um, lucky to be partnered with Freeman. Um, it, I, and then navigating all the ups and downs of the constantly changing regulations. I mean, if you could have seen the the plan that like, it's called the large show production plan, you basically had to map out every aspect of the show, the um, safety precautions, everything else, and it just kept changing. It was constantly a, um, you know, a moving target. So we just never knew what the current documents we had to have filled out were because the regulations kept changing, you know, and, and not only was it like, you know, the current regulations, but it was also the World Health Organization, you know, regulations. And, you know, so I think we were just, you know, going with the flow and just taking it day by day. And, you know, 
I mean, it definitely built character for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like at that point you're planning for like seven different events at the same time because it's like, well, if these are the rules for this, then we have to do it like this. And if these are the rules, then we have to do this. And if these 100%. are the rules. Then... Yeah. Are we ordering masks? Are we not ordering masks? Do we have to order tests? Do we not order? I mean, yes, it was definitely, but we were definitely dedicated to, um, hosting a trade show for our members. I mean, the board was definitely very in tune to understanding that like, listen, our people want to get together, like we're, we're going to do it. So I shouldn't say, yeah, we definitely never were not going to do it, but it's just, you know, it was probably the most challenging. <laughs> You're never not going to do it, but there was a chance that it wasn't going to be great. But it was just always, I mean, like what, what, what do we have to deal with today? What's new? Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, you already sort of mentioned some stuff that's coming up, but is there anything else coming up over the next few months that uh, are really cool and you have you want to talk about? Them? Um, obviously, I would. Um, you know, we are opening registration for the um, YP Women in Rental conferences on August sixteenth, um, and those will, um, you know, similar to like we did in San Antonio. You know, we heard. Um, we heard the committees loud and clear that they definitely wanted another conference. Um, and the board um, ultimately agreed that, you know, obviously the networking and the opportunity to get together um, is something our members really wanted. So um, we are lucky enough that they were um, fully supportive and ready to um, allow us to host another couple conferences. Um, what we did learn is that the organic networking between both, both groups um, was so strong that I, I think we're going to try and lean into that a little bit more here too. So we are going to host the conference on the same day this year. Um, we will have some opportunities for combined networking for them, but then they'll also have their individualized education for both groups. Um, so we are really excited about that opportunity. And, you know, Scottsdale was a resounding location that people kept saying they wanted to go to. So um, Scottsdale in November it is. Good. I'm, I'm trying to recruit uh, one of my colleagues whose name is Scott. I'm like, look, your name is Scott. I got you to sign up for the YP group and uh, we're staying at Scott Resort or whatever. So like, yeah, <laughs> how can we not send Scott there? I mean, do I have to have a conversation with them? How heavy are we going to recruit him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lauren, I think we should play a game of name that city. Oh, New York City. No, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas! Okay, I can see why you'd shout that, <laughs> but that's not correct. Yeah. Oh. Um, the Cowboys haven't played in Dallas since 1970. So here's your second hit. Okay. It's the home of the Texas, Texas. Rangers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. That's a state. <laughs> okay. One final hint. It's the home of Point of Rentals 2022 International Conference. Oh, Arlington, Texas. Wow, you're right. This October 23rd through 26th, Arlington will host Point of Rentals International Conference, and all users can register now at conference.pointofrental.com. How did you know that? I know the important things, Brian. Indeed you do, Lauren. Indeed you do. And because you named that city, you've won a free trip to Arlington for yourself. Congratulations. Uh, but that's where I live. Are you telling me I can go home now? Okay, let's, let's break things up a little bit. Uh, let's talk... I Let's let's play a game we've never played before called Otten or not in. Uh, if you agree that's with what I say, say Otten. If you disagree okay. with whatever I'm going to say, you're not in. Got so it. Since, so since you're from Illinois, we're gonna there's going to be a little theme here. So Otten or not in? Uh, Chicago style deep dish is the best kind of pizza. Mm, not in. Quad what city is style the best? Girl. What is a quad city style pizza? You know, it's a thinner crust pizza. It's definitely not a deep dish pizza. Um, and it were like smaller crumbled meat. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we didn't, well, we'll, we'll just continue on the not, not in or not in instead of doing this. <laughs> not in or not in, pickles belong on a hot dog. Atten, for sure. Okay. So you, you can't like get a without pizza. getting relish on your hot dog. Oh, just relish. I was thinking the pickle spear of uh, the traditional Chicago style, oh, I think. Yeah. Not in, nope. Not in on that, but you do need some relish on there. Yeah. I mean, only at Wrigley. Okay. That's a very <laughs> specific location-based rule, but I like it. For sure. 
Hotten or nothing, the Bears will be a playoff team this season. Mm. You know, I feel like if I say not in here, my grandma will not let me wear my jersey anymore. So I'm, I'm going to say Otten, just mm. in case she ever, ever were to hear that I said not in. It feels like you're you're speaking from your heart and not your head, though. So. <laughs> For sure, speaking from my heart. You're right. Okay. Otten or nothing, Wayne's World is the best movie of the 1990s. I mean, party time, right? Atten, for sure. Okay, good. I was going to say it's, it doesn't put me in the awkward situation of saying, yes, it is, to a person who's from <laughs> Illinois. Atten um, or not, in, this year's ARA show will be the best one ever. Not in. Why not in? We don't necessarily have a trade show in 2022, so I would... I would definitely say 2023 ARA show will okay. be the best one yet, for sure. Is there any particular reason it's going to be the best one? I mean, absolutely. Orlando is definitely one of our um, our most sought after destinations, for sure. And, you know, we definitely had um, a great turnout in Las Vegas, but it's been almost two years since our people have actually been able to get together um, at a large trade show of that size. And um, the last one we did was in Orlando 2020 before the world shut down a couple of weeks later. So I definitely foresee this being a, a larger trade show than what we've seen in Orlando in the past. So what we're going to do is close that loop and just whatever happened in 2020, we're going to fix it and by going back to Orlando and everything will be perfect from then on. Perfect. Yes. Big red bow. Okay, I noticed that you managed to avoid what I was trying to do, which is trap you into saying, <laughs> into revealing some of the secrets that are coming out there. But For sure, yep. <laughs> you, you managed to avoid it. All right. So the ARA as an organization is kind of all about leadership on some level. Uh, what's one trait that you believe all great leaders have in common? Um, you know, regardless of whether or not I think my boss will listen to this, um, I can tell you one of the things I admire most about my leader is that she leads her team by empowering and um, motivating them to recognize our potential and build our skill sets for sure. Is that something you've come across um, fairly often in, in your career or is it something that you believe is more unique to her? Um, you know, I definitely, I, I can say I have seen it in my career. I have not experienced it directly from a leader, though. Um, so it is very unique in this situation to my direct supervisor, for sure. Awesome. Um, if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what career do you think you would be doing? There's a lot of doing in this question. For sure. Um, well, it would not be a stay-at-home mom because my kid tried to bribe me to go to the office today because he wanted the house to <laughs> Um, yeah, I honestly don't know. I've definitely learned, you know, a couple things about myself and in, in this role. And that's, um, I definitely love being around people. I love to make a difference. Um, and I like to, you know, see, you know, the efforts that I'm putting in are definitely reflected in other people's experiences. So I'd have to find something very people centric for sure. Ooh, you could you could work in sports and be like uh, a host at at some of these events, or you can help put on some of those types of things. For sure, absolutely, yeah. All right, well, but don't go leaving and and go into sports right now. You stay you stay where you are and, and you enjoy. I know it. enough about sports to survive at family functions for sure, and I love a good baseball game. Um, but yeah, they would. I would be deer in the headlights for sure. They would be like next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, is there anything the world should know about you that I haven't even thought to ask about? Because really, I, I've only seen you a, a little bit. And um, yeah, I just looked at your LinkedIn, really. And now you get to spend an hour with me. Aren't you lucky? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of my personality can be explained by the fact that I come from a very large Irish Catholic family. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes my personality gets a little big. And then I just have to remind myself, I'm really sorry. I'm used to like trying to like, you know, claw my way like to the top of a conversation sometimes at home. So yeah. Okay. Um, 
Before we get into the five important questions, I need your top five Chicago Bears of all time because I did hear about your Bears jersey and clearly it's very important to your grandma that you have one of these lists. So start with number five and, and count me up to your number one Chicago Bear of all time. Oh, I don't know that I could put them in order by any means because mine are- Oh, favorite. you have to. Oh, wow. That, that's where all the fun comes in about like, oh man, I can't believe you put this person at number three when ahead of number four. They just don't belong. Right. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so. Number five. Number five. Everyone wants to talk bears like history, right? They want to talk about all like the legends and whatnot. But you know what? I like, I'm not going to lie. I have a couple Erlacher jerseys. If you like me some Erlacher, I'd probably go five for Erlacher. Okay. Um, I'm also a Hester fan, so I thought I maybe we'll tie them for five. Okay. Um, four. I mean, you got to go, you know, Ditka, right? Tight end turned coach. We'll okay. Put in there somewhere because my grandma would be mad if I didn't. Um, you got to take the two positions, so. That, that right, works. right. Um, I got, this is going to sound ridiculous, and it's is what it is, right? But, like. I do have a Cutler jersey too. I gotta throw Jay Cutler in here at three just because he's really pretty and I like to watch him throw the ball. Wow. So wow. I know, I know, I'm real sorry. Sorry, I'm just being honest. Um, and then one or two, I, you know what? At like our family holidays, um, it's always a um, a topic of conversation between Walter Payton and Gail Sayers. And I love a good underdog for sure. Um, so I would always say, you know, Gail Sayers, even though, you know, obviously his, um, you know, his has better yard average than Peyton, yeah. but his career lasted twice as long. So I'm going to go one and two right in there. But which one are you putting at number one now? Why would you do that to me? Um, <laughs> you you know, said you I'm, always I'm, went for the underdog, so. <laughs> I'm going to go with my underdog. I'm going to go Sayers. Okay. So number two overall, Walter Payton, number, right. number one. Yeah. Okay. And number three is Jay Cutler. Did you hear number three? Yeah, uh, I was trying to ignore that because <laughs> I don't want to start arguments here on, <laughs> on the show. <laughs> okay, fine. Five important questions. Five important, Five important questions. questions. Five important questions. Okay, let's let's get into the five important questions now. Mm -hmm. uh, First of all, what, what would you say is your greatest success in life? Oh, um, you know, I, anytime someone says that, I honestly would go straight to like, I have two fantastic kids. I mean, honestly, like, yes, there's always someone always wants to go something very professional. I have two fantastic kids. And honestly, I do consider them my biggest success for sure. Even though one is trying to kick you out of the house. Today. Even though one's trying to get me to get out of the house today. Right. Wow, you must, right. must really like them. <laughs> okay. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, of advice when you started your career, what would it be? Oh, one piece of advice. You know, I think, you know, specifically in hospitality, you learn real quick that like you do what you have to do to like, make your sales goals. So I spent a lot of time at the hotel. So I probably would have told myself to set better personal boundaries on some of that time for sure. Okay. What, what is the time where you, uh, you really felt like, yeah, this is definitely, I'm, I'm getting way too much into work right now. I'm not leaving me myself any time. Um, when I would, this is terrible, but like I would be really invested in a bride that I had for that weekend or whatnot. And I would spend, you know, I would be at the hotel until late Friday. I would get up early on Saturday to go do something there before, you know, going to like an eight o'clock baseball game for my kids and leaving the baseball game to go back to the hotel. Um, once you had so many of those under your belt, you were like, okay. I mean, at some point, like, you are going to be there all day. There are staff that can handle that. So I think I definitely learned real quick that like I needed to prioritize like my time that I was spending at work. There's no time where you like accidentally fell asleep at like the baseball game. <laughs> your, your no. Kids baseball game right no. Okay, good. good. I'm, glad, I'm glad it never got to that point. You, <laughs> you managed to draw the lines soon enough, I guess. For sure. 
Um, what is the most embarrassing moment in your career? I, and the fact that you have this question on there, I mean, I cannot believe people do not like buck you more on this. P people most like embarrassing. And I'm sure you can other people's me. embarrassing moments. It humanizes you. People have to know that you're not perfect. <laughs> Literally, that is not a problem, but thank you. <laughs> um, most embarrassing. I thought you were going to bully people into answering this one. Um, I would say, okay, so I, it's a good thing that I don't do social events like for a living anymore. I don't do like weddings and whatnot because I would probably never get a job after saying this again. However, I did drop a cake once. Huh? Dropped a wedding cake. Um, and I literally had to use a knife to fix it. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I can imagine uh, dropping a, a wedding cake being quite embarrassing. Were there like, did people see it or was it People kind of... for sure saw it, and I lost a whole tier. I like, yes, it, it was a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you ordered, you ordered a one tier, right? That's that's <laughs> all you wanted. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad you answered that because it. I mean, the next one requires that for setup. So sorry, you've been sentenced to death now. Dropping a cake, uh, capital offense. Sorry, <laughs> but what is your last meal and why? I'm literally eating that cake, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> the rest of the cake or the part that you dropped? You're not going to eat. <laughs> I have to eat the part that I dropped. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So that's what you want to, you just, <laughs> I feel, I, I don't feel like we can put you to death after you make all that effort to clean it up by eating it. Mission accomplished then. All right. Yeah. I think I think you are the first to find a way to yeah. redeem that embarrassing moment and get completely out of it. So, yeah. all right. You're not getting put to death. So good. The judge came in early. It's convenient because now we can finish the rest of these questions. Um, <laughs> if you if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? These are the tricky questions, too. Um, you know, I think I've always wanted to be, I always, think I want to be taller. Um, but then that would like defeat the purpose of the shoes that I love to wear. So I don't even know that I'd really say that. But if you're going to make me answer, I'm going to say, I, well, maybe I guess I'd want to be taller. I was going to say, you can't tell me I wouldn't really say that. You have to, you have to say something. Okay. If you could change one thing about the rental industry, what would it be? Oh, I don't. Changing the rental industry is not something that you know, necessarily I'm looking to do. However, like I do love to watch as the rental industry changes just to see how I can pivot to continue to serve the members and what they want. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything I would necessarily change about the rental industry. Okay. Is there something that you would change about events and, and set up and how that works? Um, I think, you know, as like, um, event technologies change, which what I'm really excited about is just the opportunity for, you know, streamlining what that process looks like ahead of between partners, you know, you know, whether it's like, you know, this, this venue and this hotel use this system here, but then I use this system here. I, I think getting to the point where we have that kind of streamlined, um, you know, project management tool that we can all collaborate on will be key. Um, and I start to see some of that here and there. So I'm really interested to see, you know, specifically um, when we had to, you know, pivot to um, virtual for a little bit there, just how that's going to roll out in the future too. So ultimately you want to not have to learn a trillion different systems to do. <laughs> how did you turn it thing? around on me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, everyone wants everyone wants their life to be easier and their processes to be easier. For sure, yes. And it does seem very frustrating to have like, uh, come on, if we could just all put these things in one place, it'd be so much easier for everyone. Yeah, everyone. See, I thought I was really eloquently saying that, and then you just basically broke it down. You're like, so you just want it to be easier for me. And I was like, yes. I, I like to make things, uh, I like to be the least charitable I can possibly be when, when it comes I'm to- I'm so glad I decided to do this then. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Normally, it's just about myself, but I'll, I'll bring you into it. Okay. Um, what is your spirit spice? Spirit spice. See, like this one was like 
I was kind of surprised by it. And then I was like, well, I mean, I guess maybe now he asked me my favorite sandwich. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to say something sweet here, like cinnamon or nutmeg, rosemary, something. And I kind of just keep thinking paprika. So I'm, I'm going to go with paprika. Okay. Why are you paprika? Because it's got a little bit of an edge, I feel like. It's got a little bit of a heat. Um, but it's not too crazy. Okay. All right. Your, your answer is acceptable. How many, how many people have said paprika? Hmm. I don't know, but I, I like the sound of paprika. It, it is a, it's a fun spice to say. It's a bougie spice, right? For sure. Uh, I haven't, I haven't put all the spices on a scale of what level of bougie <laughs> they are, but I guess that can be a project for sometime soon. All right. What is the most difficult part of your job? Um, I don't know that it would be necessarily difficult, but I will say sometimes, um, you know, maybe a little challenging is just learning, you know, everyone's professional love language um, and how best to, you know, speak to that love language for them so that we're all on the same page. Um, you know, there's definitely, especially in events, there's lots of key stakeholders for events and we all just want to work super collaboratively so that in the end, the, the, the product is successful and everyone is happy. So I think it's all just learning how to talk to each other and, you know, what is going to um, work for each individual person. Okay. I think that's probably a constant work in progress for me too. It's always like ever changing, right? So like, you know, from, you know, day to day and event to event, there are definitely things that, you know, are more important to some people than they are to others. And it's just learning who's, um, you know, what's most important to some people so that you are taking that into consideration when talking to them. Yeah. What's the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, it's the members for sure. I mean, the member experience is, um, always my number one um, concern. And I think when the members can definitely um, explain and show that they are definitely getting a lot out of the events, it makes my job all the more worth it. Okay. Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to say to anyone? I don't have I don't any more questions. So. I've run out of everything. No, like I said, I'm definitely going to, um, you know, buy you and Samantha a drink in Scottsdale so I can thank you both for this great experience. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to take that. I'm not sure about <laughs> taking these beverages now. But I'm sure after enough other beverages, I will take any beverage. So we'll be okay. Fantastic. Um, thank you for joining me today, Bridget. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to have a chat and hope you, you have a great weekend. Great. Thanks, Fran. All right. See you in okay. November.